Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. <clears throat> I'm very excited uh, to have Charlie Barone on the phone. Charlie's in Buffalo, New York, and he's a partner in two restaurants there, uh, MTK, uh, a.k.a. Midtown Kitchen, and also MTK Prime. And uh, he's been in the restaurant business for a long time, spent, spent a while in Chicago, and has had a lot of experience. And uh, we're just really excited to have him with us today. So, Charlie, thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to talk to you about what you're doing in Buffalo, but before we do, um, let's kind of go back in time a little bit and talk about getting in, getting into the restaurant business. If I if I read correctly, I, I you know I always try to do a little research beforehand. Am I right that you're you're from Buffalo? You left. You were in Chicago for a long time successful in the restaurant yes. business there and never intended to come back to Buffalo, but then changed your mind and there you are. Is that a, is that, a, is that, that right? That, that's the nutshell. Yes. <laughs> All right. Give me the longer version. What happened? Tell me, tell me how you got involved in the restaurant business in the first place. I just turned 14 years old and uh, a buddy of mine said to me, Hey, I'm making some extra money on the weekends, uh, washing dishes at uh, Bob Evans restaurant. So it all started when I was 14, Saturday and Sunday mornings, uh, 5 a.m. to noon, washing dishes at a, you know, a, a breakfast spot um, in Buffalo, New York. And then it kind of just all snowballed from there, from washing dishes and then uh, escalated to bussing tables. And that was the, uh, that was the main attraction um, of hospitality restaurant business of you know, seeing the hustle and bustle. So I guess it's all started with, you know, the the back end of the house with, uh, you know, people, you know, the lower position of dishwashing and, and working your way up. Did you? Um, it's it's amazing how many how many folks that are successful restaurant owners I've spoken to in the last year that started out at about that age, fourteen, and um, and. Uh, doing what you were doing now did you did, did you see that early on was it something that you saw the hustle and bustle as a young teenager and thought this is this is something i really love uh or was it just you were trying to make extra money and as you kind of you know went up the ranks you you got you know more dialed into what was happening in the business and thought it was something you'd have a future in or did it just kind of happen over time what 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 sort of what lit your fire i guess Never saw myself getting involved in the restaurant business. Never uh, at that age. Um, at that time, it was hockey in the winter and, you know, baseball in the summer. Never once thought about, you know, having to work or earn. I mean, as as a kid, you know, I used to cut grasses, uh, extra money, shovel driveways, shoveled enough driveways to buy a snowblower. So I always had a little bit of a you know, uh, a business mindset, but I was very sports focused when I was a kid and, uh, a best friend of mine, you know, lived around the corner from me. And when he said, he goes, Hey, I'm making X amount of dollars on the weekends. And, uh, it didn't interfere with hockey or baseball at the time. And it was just, uh, at the time it was just to make some extra money. I think in, until I actually moved from washing dishes to busing and seeing all the the food going out and wasn't exposed obviously at that age to any, you know, 
alcohol or beverages too much, but it was more so uh, the fast pace. I think that intrigued me. Um, and then from there, uh, just I moved to a different restaurant down the street, which was inside of a hotel, uh, a Holiday Inn, a Holiday Inn actually. I remember the name of the restaurant. It was called Sassafras. A little more upscale. So then I saw a different outlet of hospitality and a little more on the fine dining side, and that's when I really started to get interested. Um, I saw different food coming out of the out of the kitchen, and um, first bar experience of seeing you know wine and cocktails. That's what really started to get me going. Um, after that. I worked that for a couple of years, and then I got involved in valet parking at a different restaurant. And um, I started my first bartending gig a couple of days before my 18th birthday. So I was just out of high school at the time. And then that's when it really snowballed. And then what, what, so you, why did you leave Buffalo? And did you, what happened? Did you go to Chicago from there? Or? <laughs> Tell me about that. Um, I bartended here in Buffalo for a little while, um, and then uh, I was a bar manager of an establishment, and I was in a <laughs> I was in a long relationship, and I thought it was my time to get out of the restaurant business and my sports background and uh, physical fitness. Um, I wound up taking a job in Chicago um, to be a sales manager of a worldwide fitness company. The reason for me getting that job was the girl I was dating at the time wanted to move. So that was kind of my outlet. I'm done with the restaurant business. I want to focus on um, what my passion was prior, you know, sports, working out. Um, this was an opportunity for me to, you know, maybe take a relationship to a different level and, you know, time to you know move on to explore bigger, better opportunities, a bigger city. Kind of a typical scenario, relationship didn't work out. So that was my outlet to get back into the restaurant business as I saw it from a bigger spectrum, different city, you know, a lot more going on and exposure to different cultures and cuisines. And uh, I started a bartending job and um, that's when it really, I made up my mind, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to, you know, keep proceeding and, uh, you know, grab as much as I can and do as much as I can, but keep pushing forward. Um, so I was, I was working for a gentleman by the name of Jay Emmerich, who was uh, an icon in the nightclub and restaurant business. And we clicked. Um, I started working one night a week behind the bar. And then before you know it, I was there six, seven nights a week. And that's where it all started in Chicago. How long were you there? Uh, I was there a little over 11 years. Oh, wow. How, how long were you working for Jay? I worked for Jay for two and a half years um, at the time. Uh, he was one of the oldest living males with lupus. He was in his mid-70s, and um, hmm. he uh, was selling his restaurant in River North area, and I saw... Uh, great potential because he was one of the only 4 a.m. licenses in River North and uh, tried working something out with him. You know, I only had X amount of dollars and said, don't sell this. You know, you've got something special here with this license and location. And 
Um, long story short, he wound up selling it and told me, he goes, I need you to meet me at the restaurant. Um, you know, if there's anything here you like, uh, you know, grab something, remember the place by. And as he's, he's poking me in the chest and he says, you have to be at Tavern on Rush tomorrow by noon. Don't effing embarrass me. So the whole time he knew that he was selling this restaurant and because we clicked and um, he took a liking to me, uh, he set me up at Tavern on Rush without me knowing it. Uh, so I went there and met with the general manager and the owner. And I started out, you know, I started out bartending there. I was, I think at the time I was the youngest male working there by 16, 17 years of age. Oh goodness. Were, wow. I, I walked into a whole different world of, you know, people that were raising their families working at Tavern on Rush that this is, you know, I, at the time I was like, this is the pinnacle. Like I've, I've, I've made it there. Um, and that's where everything really started coming together of this is where I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my calling, so to speak. <laughs> well, he obviously had some credibility with them, but he saw something in you and they obviously saw something in you. If they hired somebody that much younger than the rest of their staff, what, what was that? What did they, what, what do you think it was that, that, uh, <clears throat> that the potential they saw, was it? your passion or your, your work ethic or just a combination of all of this? Um, I, I do. I think it was all that you just said. Um, you know, I kind of just put my head down, get the job done. Um, loyal. I, uh, worked real hard for him, went the extra mile with, uh, making sure that, you know, customers and staff and, you know, the whole team, uh, work together and, I just, uh, you know, I like the hospitality business and, you know, I like interacting with people and I, I believe that he saw that and, um, you know, a few situations down the way where, um, you know, you have, sometimes you got to make difficult choices and, uh, you know, sometimes the right and the wrong happen, but I always did right by him. And I think he noticed that and, you know, he was very appreciative of it and his way of, you know, old, very old school, um, you know, he was just real appreciative, and his way of showing that was, um, I want to make sure the kid, you know, he's taken care of, or at least he has an opportunity to keep doing what he did for me. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of owe it all to him. Well, I was going to ask you that. I mean, what? I mean, he was an icon. I know you, you know, you were you were just with him a few years, but if he had been so successful and done so well in such a market as Chicago, I'm sure you. Um, value that experience immensely and you just said that what 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 did you learn from him what were some of the biggest takeaways um that you probably still still do today or still believe you know one of the things one of the things i really grabbed from him was you know loyalty um and treating people especially your staff um even at you know as an owner as a bartender server busboy dishwasher cook chef you know, you're you're just as good as the people you surround yourself with. Um, mm. And I really learned that, you know, do the right thing, talk to people the right way, treat people with respect, um, value everybody else's efforts, not just your own. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I might, I might not be as well uh, rounded at wine knowledge as the next person, but, you know, try to learn from, take something each day and learn something different. Um, but I, the main thing I learned from Jay was respect and uh, treat people and talk to, talk to them in the way that you want to be talked to as well. Do you, um, I'm sure that you, you convey that to all of your team members now. It seems to me, from what I've seen and heard, there's some, um, maybe this generation is is not quite as attuned to that, at least naturally, or um, may not have been brought up quite with the same um, set of principles a lot of times. So do you find that? as well is that harder to teach today or is it um something that it's just a matter of finding the right people i mean myself i'm i'm 38 years old and uh you know i'm still very active in the day-to-day operation both restaurants i mean we do have chefs we do have a general manager in each store um i like to say that i was on that cusp of different uh work ethic and generation i mean um, mid teenager, you know, cell phones had just come out and social media really wasn't that active just yet. So, um, I think this day and age, uh, things I believe are a little different. You know, the, the struggle is always to find, you know, the best help. Um, so I, I do believe that there is a difference. Uh, you know, obviously different, different time. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, I talked to, I still keep in touch with, you know, a lot of people back in Chicago and involved with, especially with like Tavern Rush and, um, and some of the people that are still working there that were there when I was there, um, you know, they're, they're old timers. They didn't, they, social media and all this new age, so to speak. Um, they still operate on old school ways. Um, but yes, yeah. I, times are changing for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I, I thought of that when you mentioned loyalty, um, that's a, uh, that's a trait that, you know, it just seems harder to find that these days, um, folks that really, um, they understand why that's important. Um, and why that's a good thing and can be help, very helpful in your career as it was for you. You know, it's, uh, I, I guess it's part of also too, you know, your, your upbringing um, mm. and then, you know, relaying that into, into the business as well. Um, but, you know, Buffalo, New York's a small city. Um, Chicago, obviously, you know, there, you put them in the pool with the, um, you know, the, the best culinary, uh, chefs out there, rising chefs and New York and, um, that, that, that big city, uh, movement, so to speak. So, I mean, when you come from a small city where, you know, the restaurant pool is not that big, um, you move into an area where it's exploding and then you know, come back to it. It's a, it was a big eye opener for me. You know, I've learned over the last, um, the last year, especially with, uh, 
two restaurants now and had three at one time that, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a day-to-day challenge of keeping staff and making sure that you, uh, you build your core. It, it, it's a day-to-day battle. Um, and it's even harder now, you know, in a smaller city with a smaller pool, um, Chicago was a constant flux of, uh, restaurant professionals, you know, restaurants constantly opening the population continuing and growing. So I think a lot of that, um, uh, plays a big factor. You know, there's a lot more opportunity, a lot more positions in a bigger city as opposed to, you know, a smaller city like Buffalo, New York. But um, keeping that core and keeping that that main crew that you have happy and uh, surround, like I said, it all goes back to I think people you surround yourself with with the same work ethic or how everybody brings a different tool to the table. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, it just seems to be a <clears throat> an ongoing challenge uh, for for everybody that's that's doing what you're doing. Um, well, let me ask you this. So, changing gears a little, what what brought you back to Buffalo? You kind of came full circle. Um, yeah. When, when did um, you come back, and why? 2013. Um, I had uh, I was with a group. Uh, we had opened up a restaurant called Frontier. Um, was with them uh, almost three years uh, as a general manager uh, slash partner with them. And my t- my time in Chicago, uh, unfortunately, I had some family illnesses. Um, and um, after uh, late 2012, uh, my grandfather became ill. Uh, I had an aunt that was ill. Uh, my father is a prostate cancer survivor. Um, started having some other complications, uh, heart related. And I had that, that heart to heart with my sister five years younger. And she said, nah, you know, you're, you're on a good run. Maybe it's time to come home and, you know, be close to family and see what you could do back home. And at the time, Buffalo, uh, and still rising in development here, property wise, restaurant wise, um, and after coming home, I'd say f- towards uh, 2011, 2012, I noticed that some buildings were changing and uh, some property of industrial uh, areas were beginning now of development and different restaurants were opening and um, some other restaurants were becoming a little more exploratory and culinary focused cocktail scene started hitting uh, Buffalo, New York, uh, more craft cocktail. Now we're exploding with uh, breweries. So I saw a little bit of a window of opportunity as well to possibly, you know, get involved and do something myself. I made that decision in early 2013, came home and uh, started searching. I uh, reconnected with some old friends and uh, started looking at some properties. In the meantime, I I took a general manager position with a a company out of uh, Pennsylvania that had a store here in Buffalo, New York, and 
uh, found a property with uh, a buddy of mine and started really throwing around some ideas and one thing led to another and, and here I am. But um, it, it didn't come that easy. I will, I will say that. Um, everything started over uh, basically breakfast one day. I found a property on Elmwood Avenue in Buffalo, and we did the walkthrough, and then we actually walked next door for breakfast. And uh, we're sitting down talking, and uh, a gentleman that we knew comes over to us. He's the owner and says, what are you two doing up so early? Sat down. He goes, it seems like you guys are up to something. Like, yeah, we, we just looked at the place next door. And uh, he used to own it as a breakfast place called Ambrosia. And uh, he says, well, why are you going to rent that place when you can buy this? We were really caught off guard. Um, Mid-60s gentleman uh, named Stavros Maliaris. And he said, uh, he goes, I'm ready to retire. So that just threw us off completely. So now we went from wanting to, you know, rent a place. And uh, so now we're like, wait a minute. Now we have an opportunity to invest in some property, a redeveloping area. Okay, now we started brainstorming a little bit. Got two other friends involved. Next thing you know, we closed within 45 days. And that's how we started with this, you know, MTK brand. And then we just went full throttle from there. That's fantastic, man. Um, did you, uh, w let me ask you this. Um, uh, you've got several successful restaurant people that you are partners with. Um, talk about the, the way that you balance each other's skills and each other's probably strong personalities and, uh, you know, make that work. Because I, I, I know that's a tough part of the business sometimes. It's, it can be great, but it can also be very challenging. Um, uh, and that's true in any business, but particularly in restaurants, um, uh, you know, partnerships can be fantastic and partnerships can be really tough if you don't have, you know, sort of one person who says, you know, you know who's sort of leading the way. So how, how do you all make that work? Charlie, what have, what have you learned and what advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, going to be involved with several of the people in a, in a restaurant? You know, you know and, I, and I agree with what you're saying. You know, it can be difficult. It can be, um, you know, sometimes bittersweet. Um, our core is four people. Um, you know, uh, a buddy of mine, Tommy Cowan, uh, Billy Palladino, and Samantha Soltis. Um, two of which um, are with Ellicott Development. Billy is the CEO of Ellicott Development. Um, Samantha works in their commercial leasing department. Um, and then uh, Tommy also owns another place called Doc Sullivan's in South Buffalo. Um, I guess the way our operation runs, uh, Tommy and I are in, in, in touch, you know, 24-7. Um, you know, sometimes he gets pulled away with his operation at Doc Sullivan's very successful, uh, uh, Irish tavern. Um, so just recently I've kind of been the director of the day to day. Um, 
And Samantha, I call her the glue. She keeps us organized. She keeps, you know, the, the files, the checkbook, um, all the the paperwork, desk work, um, as well as she's involved with the promotions and uh, parties and events and stuff like that. And then Billy brings the um, real estate and the development side of uh, the group. Um, if there's opportunity within his company, they own uh, several hotels and properties. So he gives us the knowledge of the real estate. And if this deal is a bad deal, um, we have a lot of the resources from Ellicott Development, um, you know, from our lawyers to our property managers to construction crews, carpenters. So um, I guess that's how we all get along so well. Each one brings something different. Tommy and I are very alike, but it's also um, – he sometimes he sees something that I don't see and vice versa or uh, a, a different, if I'm having trouble with something, I call him and say, listen, I need fresh eyes on this. Or if I'm looking at a certain report and I just, I, I must be missing something. I need fresh eyes and vice versa. Um, so it's like, there's four of us, but I think three of us, it's almost like three of us because Tommy and I think so much alike. Um, mm. like that's, that's how we get along. And of course, through, <laughs> text messages and email <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i bet i bet well that's cool it sounds like y'all find a good you found a good balance and um things are going well so you've got so tell me about your two restaurants um well mtk uh ak midtown kitchens at 451 elmwood avenue in buffalo uh redeveloping area of elmwood and you know hence where we found uh midtown uh, kitchen from the area of Midtown, there's a little pocket in like the middle of Buffalo um, heading south or I'm sorry, heading north is an area called Elmwood Village heading south is uh, Allentown, so this little pocket is always unidentified in all these maps and archives that we look through And uh, Samantha actually found two buildings from a while back that were called, one was Midtown Apartments and then um, an office that was Midtown something. So now we were putting the facade of the building together and we initially wanted Midtown Kitchen across the front. And as we're doing the rendering of this and we're getting a quote, I'm like, man, this sign's going to be pretty damn expensive. So we just broke, you know, basically the three words down and came up with MTK, and it just, it just kind of stuck. The abbreviation and um, the front of the building. And then we started doing some designs of T-shirts and hats, and like, all right, we could take this and run with it. So honestly, it kind of came up with saving some money on the sign, to be honest. Um, so uh, we added an addition to the existing property. We added 72 seats to a dining room, um, the bar area, all cocktail tables, little VIP area in the back, like a horseshoe booth, sits about 12. We have a contemporary, real slick feel to it. Um, we had a local artist friend of ours do a huge 40 by 12 foot mural behind the bar, um, kind of a 
looks of a, a female with her hair flowing all throughout the bottles behind the back bar. Then we had a huge, uh, uh, the, I'm sorry, I'm going to backtrack. We had all, we opened up the entire front. So it was all bifold doors and then sliding windows in the dining room to give that op- like a little bit of a open air industrial feel. So we were scheduled to open early February and January 16th, get a phone call, 1.30 in the morning. Uh, Tommy's calling me, Billy's calling me, and I'm thinking that we're, I'm in bed. I'm thinking maybe, you know, they're out having a good time, and where's Charlie? And So my phone's ringing, ringing. I answer the phone, and I'm, I'm not going out. And it's Tommy. He's like, the building's on fire. Come oh, down man. now. <laughs> so now, actually, I, I, I revealed what the restaurant looks like now. Before this, pre, pre-fire, now we were about a month away from opening. And we had that white white subway tile, a lot of a lot of dark wood, um, and well, now the fire happens and everything in the building is ruined, everything. So we even we even contemplated like, do we just sell this place? Do we, you know, do we even continue with this project? After length. Um, Tommy and I and our designer and partners were like, maybe we, maybe this is a blessing. Maybe this wasn't supposed to be like this. Um, so that's when we came up with more of that slick, um, real clean line, a lot of graffiti art, um, contemporary look to it. So changed up the menu a little bit, a little more culinary exploratory, um, small plates, large plates, really no rhyme or rhythm to eating. Um, just, you know, drink, eat. We have DJs at night um, that, you know, start out during dinner and progressively move to the nightlife. So everything kind of came together. You know, it's very um place to be seen and seen at, you know. Uh, you know, but it's also your everyday place where we have five TVs behind the bar. And that's it just evolved into that. So then by doing that right before our opening, we came across another project called uh an old place in Hamburg, New York on the waterfront called the Dock at the Bay. And so we opened up two. We revitalized this old um waterfront property at the same time we're opening the MTK. Well, the dock is no longer with us anymore. Um, we did one summer, um, only had two days of rain, and after uh, the season ended, we, we were approached, um, and we're basically two people came up to us and said, hey, we'd like to buy this from you. So we saw a window of opportunity. Like We had one of the best summers here in Buffalo, New York, and Western New York area. And we wound up selling. So we actually owned the restaurant for like 15 months. Oh, my God. We saw that, so we saw there's another opportunity. Like, okay, things are falling into place. We had the fire. Someone came along. We were able to put a couple bucks in our pocket with uh, one property. Time to focus on this MTK brand. Hmm. Sure enough, um, Billy's company, Ellicott Development, has an opportunity inside one of their hotels restaurant wasn't working out and Billy took full control of it and said 
you know what? I'm going to take this and I'm going to bring this to the partners and see if we could do something with it. Did a little research in the area and, you know, a, a prime steakhouse was just the fit. So did some remodeling in there, made the bar look exactly like it does on Elmwood Avenue. So if you're sitting at the bar, you feel like you're sitting on Elmwood, but it's got the white tablecloth, the black leather chair, um, that steakhouse feel to it. And that opened, we opened MTK on Elmwood, May 23rd. We opened up the dock, the 27th. We sold the dock about two months ago. Um, MTK Prime opened August 20th. So now MTK, like I say, AKA Midtown Kitchen and MTK Prime, you know, they're both going full throttle right now. So the goal is to keep focus on this brand um, and keep pushing forward. We've got a couple other opportunities in the pipeline, just trying to, you know, uh, seal up the deal and open up more. Um, but well, you've had the funny your part, full. <laughs> keep a bit, the, the funny part of the whole story is as we're going and we have these other restaurants, sure enough, the property on the corner that initially started this whole thing, Ambrosia, um, somebody went in there, very short time, seven months, failed. As soon as we found out that happened, I went over there, and I always had a, a relationship with the uh, the property owner. And uh, conversation back and forth, and I went over there one day with a napkin, and I had a deal on a napkin. And after I talked to our group and was like, they said, if you think this is a good fit for us, let's see what you, let's see what we can what kind of deal we can do. I said, well, I'm gonna take this napkin over there and see if he goes for this. So he looked at the napkin, he pu- pushed the napkin to the side, took out a piece of scrap paper, and reiterated uh, what I had put on the napkin. Changed one or two numbers. We both signed it, and and so now we still own that space. And we're just waiting for some other area development to see what happens to put another restaurant in that. So it all came back to, like you were saying, full circle before, it came back to the initial starting point of when I actually moved home, you know, so um, three years ago. So we wound up actually so you, owning the You own that building. Where it all started. Yep, where the whole project started okay. from, me and Tommy going to look at it and then going next door for breakfast came back to us now actually – taking over the place that we initially walked through. So it's how people you, um, say things happen for a reason. Yeah, for sure, man. I love it. Well, it, that really is full circle, Ben. Uh, do, do you, so you own that building. Do you own the other two? Uh, the the hotel is owned by Ellicott. We own the business. The property on Elmwood, we own MTK. And we are uh, under contract of a lease for the what used to be called Ambrosia, and basically right now it's uh we've got all of our uh, restaurant equipment in there, stuff that we plan on using. So it's almost like a kind of like a storage, to be honest, for right now until we actually nail down the concept. Like I said, there's um, right behind us on Elmwood, there was a big hospital that was just sold. The big development is going in there. Um, 
charter school, soccer field, uh, I think about 150 condos, then apartments. Um, across the street from us, a uh, well-known pizzeria closed. So there's a lot of, lot of redeveloping going on, and we want to kind of see what happens before we put a concept in there. We have a few ideas. We're just waiting to see kind of how the neighborhood is still evolving. A lot of that's going to start hmm. coming to a head once the weather breaks. Well, that's cool. You guys are being patient. That's that's uh, that's probably tough, but wise. Well, we we moved pretty fast, and it was you know we actually, um, my partner Tommy and I, we just actually backed out of a project that we were working on for three months because we felt that let's pump the brakes for a little bit. We took on a lot. Um, if you factor in Tommy's other restaurant, Doc Sullivan's, MTK, the Doc, MTK Prime, we actually opened up four restaurants from May till October. Mm. So that was a lot. That was a lot. And we actually, and we sat down and we were like, I think we're, we're moving a little too fast here and we're we're losing a little bit of focus. So it took a lot for us to say, Let's slow down a little bit and focus on what we have. Learned a lot. You know, we learned a lot about ourselves by saying, let's pump the brakes a little bit and let's focus a little more on the group that we have instead of forming, you know, two more restaurants, you know, focus on this MTK brand and how we excel with this and we, we keep this going. Fantastic, man. I love it. It's a great story. Congratulations to you guys. Um, Thank you. Do you? Uh, I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy. But I want to ask you if there's anything that we haven't talked about, or any um, parting thoughts you might have for folks, you know, that are listening, that maybe, you know, are, are just getting started in the restaurant business, or maybe perhaps they're, um, and I mean that to staff, like, you know, younger folks that are just getting started that may see it as a career, and, and or to people that, um, you know, want to be a restaurant owner and know that and just serve listening to this to learn from people that have been, you know, successful at it. I, I think some advice I would give people is really think out your project. Think out uh, outside the box, and you, you're going to have to think about the pros and cons. Um, you know, finances are very important. Um, uh, get budgeting, forecasting, and just – Having everything in a basket, a lot of people just, I think, sometimes think it's cool to open up a bar or a restaurant, and um, I think the general population doesn't really see the back end of everything. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people just see the actual, the the dining and the the drinking side of it, and but there's a lot more to it than the day to day. I would just my advice to anyone that wants to get involved is really think it out. Um, can't hurt to have someone consult with you that's been involved with it. Um, that's that's what I did. When I first opened up a restaurant uh, that was in Chicago, Frontier, I still was in touch daily with Marty Gatilla, one of the owners of Tavern on Rush, because there's a lot of stuff I just didn't know. And I think you need that, you need that person to call um, because I don't think anybody would say that opening a restaurant, opening a bar is easy. I think uh, it, 
one advice I would say, make sure you have someone that you can count on that knows yeah. what they're doing. Okay. You could really, I think you could really hurt yourself, especially financially. Um, and that, that would be my one advice. Um, and other than that, you gotta be, you have to be passionate about it. Unless you just have that expenditure income and it's something you want to do as a hobby. Unfortunately, it's, that's not my case. This is my lifestyle. This is what I do. This is what, uh, my partner does. And it's, um, day in and day out. It's not a, it's definitely not a nine to five job. I guess be a, no. be aware of, be aware of the beast. Be aware of the best, right? That's good advice. Well, a lot of people don't realize that until they get into it, for sure. Uh, so it's extremely good advice on the front end, um, and it does require that. That's why I asked you earlier what lit your fire. I feel like you have to have that fire really burning um, for whatever your reasons are to be in this business and be successful. Like you said, unless you have just – it's an investment, it's expendable income, and, and but, you, but even then, I mean, unless you're – You've just got somebody that's on there full time operating. It's a, it is a beast, isn't it? It is, it is. And I mean, it's, you know, it, it's an, it's enjoyable at the same time. You know, I, you know, I get, um, I get a rise out of seeing people, you know, enjoying the cocktails, enjoying the wine, you know, after dinner drinks, and you know, compliments on the food and the atmosphere and. Then you see, you know, then the phone call comes in. Hey, you know, we had a great experience. Hey, it's, you know, my friend's birthday. We want to organize a birthday dinner. Or, hey, yeah. you know, we had a great experience on Elmwood. Hey, can you set us up over at Prime? That's, right. you know, that's part, that's part of my drive when, you know, you can really provide something and experience for somebody. And then the, 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 good, the good word is spread just by word of mouth. I guess that's where I learned a lot. Um, working with Jay and you know before the social media that if you get if you have something good someone's gonna tell the next person. Obviously yeah. now social media and that stuff helps and it also does hurt. But um, you know it, it, there's many moving parts that's for sure. Well, it's good advice, Charlie, and uh, it's a great story. And I really uh, just congratulate you on finding your way back to Buffalo to your home and building something special. And it sounds like y'all are locked down mm -hmm. on uh, doing something great with, with your brand. And uh, I wish you the best and I appreciate the time as I know everybody listening does too. So thank you very much, man. Listen, I, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and then, uh, you know, great talking to you. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the business, too. We we appreciate the chance to serve you all. You all are doing great stuff, and uh, we just love serving places uh, like yours. So thank you. Same here. And, uh, you know, you guys provide a great service, and, you know, it, it, every little bit helps making the day-to-day -day easier, and uh, you, get, you, guys are, you guys are doing great on your end, too, so I thank you for that. Hey, you bet, man. I appreciate that. Um, well, good, man. Well, have a good one. Take care. Good luck. We're around if you need anything. And otherwise, uh, I'll let you roll and just, uh, um, and, uh, best of luck to y'all. You take care, Will. Good talking to you. You too, Charlie. Thanks. Bye-bye.